0: Hello everyone. Welcome to FS Changemakers. Uh, Today, as usual, we have an amazing woman joining us to share her awesome story. Uh, Today we have Aditi Gupta. Uh, Aditi is a principal with Asha Impact. Um, Asha is one of the leading impact investment firms in India. Uh, To the uninitiated, uh, impact investments are aligned within venture capital, uh, where you make investments in businesses that make a societal impact. Uh, I hope that was a uh, Good enough explanation, Aditi. Uh, But uh, yeah, uh, welcome to FS Changemakers and thanks for joining us.
1: Awesome. So glad to be here, Adarsh, and to do this with you. So really excited about our conversation.
0: Awesome. So Aditi, let's start right at the beginning. How did you end up in the world of venture capital?
1: Okay. So uh, I think like all of life's choices, this was part design and part serendipity. Um, So I started my career on the debt side, working with, uh, you know, a lender uh, who used to lend to microfinance companies and affordable housing uh, finance companies. My work involved traveling to over 15 states in India, meeting groups of women in rural and semi-urban areas and learning about how access to credit had been transformational in their lives. Um, however, the more, spi- uh, you know, more time I spent in the field with these uh, borrowers, I realized how uh, credit was not a silver bullet and any intervention needed to be sort of more broad-based, needed to cover education for their kids, needed to cover good health care. So that's what piqued my interest beyond financial services. And um, similarly, I also realized that debt didn't really give you the flexibility to be innovative. Um, so I decided to transform, uh, you know, the direction of my career and move on to the equity side and um, started out by working with a mid-market private equity firm, Motilal Oswal. Then started my own uh, early stage investment fund called Contrary and Capital, ran that for five years and now I lead investments for Asha Impact. Uh, but what has remained consistent over the years is uh, partnering with founders who are building for mass markets in India and trying to solve fundamental challenges of, you know, access and affordability.
0: So Aditi, now it's been almost 10 years, right? Since you moved to Motilal and then Contrarian and now Asha Impact. What are some of the big changes that you are seeing in the venture capital space over the last 10 years?
1: Okay, so the biggest change that I see in the ecosystem from, you know, 2012 to now, I'd say is the quality of talent. Uh, So back in that day, uh, most of the founders in the system were, you know, either fresh graduates or first-time founders. Uh, However, a lot of the founding teams today are either second-time founders or just folks who've been part of other startup journeys and are bringing those learnings in. And uh, that overall change, I think, has led to two, three cascading differences uh, in the ecosystem. Um, So, one uh, is that I think the negotiating power has shifted favorably towards uh, founders um so founders are able to make choices of people they want to partner with and similarly you know vcs now need to be on their toes about getting into best deals about uh, proving what value they can bring to the table beyond just the money they're getting in so uh, i think that puts founders in a, a good position the second is that reputation really matters everybody's playing the long game now because you know it's not just about one deal if you're an investor or it's not just about one startup if you're a founder or you know, part of a leadership team at a startup. So uh, that has created a lot of incentive in the ecosystem for good behavior all around, right? So from the investor side, what that means is you can't get away with boasting founders, reneging on term sheets or squabbling over, you know, every legal clause in the agreement. So that again brings in efficiency. Um, And I think the third is that uh, there is overall a greater level of conviction also in the startup story. Um, so, I remember back in 2012, when we were trying to raise a fund, uh, there was a lot of money which was stuck in the, 20, the 2007 vintage private equity firms. So, a lot of domestic investors we would turn to would say, yeah, but unlisted is great, but where is where are the exits, right? Where is the liquidity? So, what's happened in the last decade is that whether it's Flipkart, Mintra, a lot of CDC, D follow-ons, or you know, what this year we'll see in terms of the Zomato listing, hopefully Policy Bazaar as well, so that has created uh, greater conviction, both from capital providers and, uh, you know, greater risk appetite, even from founders to startup because they see this as a legitimate, uh, you know, long term path for value creation.
0: So one interesting point that you you mentioned there was, you know, getting into good deals for investors, right? So for outsiders, it feels like, you know, investors are these big people who are, you know, stripping the destiny of everyone in the startup ecosystem. But the fact is that investors themselves have to fight to get into some of these very coveted deals. Uh, In your experience, are some of these most sought after deals also the best deals? Or the initial traction that founders are able to generate with regards to their seed rounds or, you know, early stage rounds uh, has almost no bearing on what the long term, uh, you know, impact the company can create.
1: Okay, so let me bust that myth at the outset, right? The bit about uh, investors living a glamorous life. That's not true at all. Uh, Both from uh, the, uh, you know, quality of life and time commitment and the financial piece as well. And I'll tell you why. Because um, just like a founder, which is an everyday on uh, every time on job, right? A VC gig is no different. We are living a lifestyle of being plugged into businesses that we have already either partnered with or businesses that we're looking to partner with, right? So you're trying to find what is the next big trend. You're trying to get in on uh, deals where you think your uh, vision is aligned to what the founder wants to build. Uh, similarly, on the financial incentives, also right? Uh, while People make management fees and that is enough to uh, sort of keep the shop running. Most investors will truly make money only when, uh, you know, they get good portfolio exits, which is anyway an eight to 10 year journey, right? So I do think that the kind of value creation founders will see uh, for the time commitment they put in is tremendously greater. So if you get the choice to be either a founder or an investor, go for the former. Um the second is uh, your question about, you know, traction on fundraising and how that links to success down the road, right? I think it's important to understand that what qualifies as a quote-unquote hot deal. Why do people trip over each other to get into a deal? Um, what that is driven by most often is the quality of team and uh, the experience they're bringing to the table. So, for example, uh, we've seen a lot of such deals in the last year, and that's because of repeat founders, right? Founders who've had uh, failed startups in the past equally as much as some form of success. So we're hoping that they don't have to go through that same learning curve again, and hence success will come sooner. So partnering with those teams is what investors are most excited about. So I don't think as a founder, you should feel that, uh, you know, my deal is hot or not hot. If you you just need to convince probably one or two investors about the quality of your idea and your hope, Uh, because the jury is still out on how much of these hot deals translate into long term success. Right. And it can work both ways. We've seen founders who've had a very easy run of fundraising, then get complacent about raising rounds down the road. Uh, or not doing enough uh, with their capital, right? And globally, there are enough examples of this, uh, of, you know, big blowups after large capital raises at the seed round. So uh, definitely the learning in the ecosystem is smaller seed rounds and a resource constraint actually leads to better businesses being built from the foundation level.
0: Uh, Aditi, you're also, uh, you know, one of the few women uh, in the VC world which is largely dominated by men. Uh, One, how does it feel like, you know, being surrounded by all these men uh, around you? And secondly, why is that the case, right? Why do we not have enough representation from women uh, in uh, this particular uh, ecosystem?
1: Sure. So um, I've been personally very fortunate that in my journey, I've been surrounded by colleagues and, you know, friends who don't have a very gender-driven view of the world. So I've not been made to feel like a woman uh, in conversations, but I know that is not true for uh, a majority of uh, women in our industry. Uh, at an overall level, right? If you look at us as a financial services uh, vertical. Um, I think why that has happened is because of two things. Uh, One is that you need a cushion in terms of financial capital to take any kind of risk. And our ecosystem doesn't give that to women, right? So when women opt out of careers to uh, stay at home and take care of their kids, they're not assured of whether they will have a job back when they get back right? Or will they get a promotion this year if they're pregnant? So unless there is a fundamental change in thinking about, you know, respecting the role that women play in their lives overall, right? We see them as providers and nurturers for multiple facets of uh, the world, then we need to uh, sort of look at their work in perspective as well. And second is that this culture of measuring input and not output, right? So how many hours you're clocking in? Do I see you sitting in office till 9? And while startups may have a lot less of this, the funnel for startups often is people who've spent time in the corporate world, right? So if we have drop-offs there, or we have drop-offs at the tertiary education level itself, because quite often a degree from a good college is the cushion you have. So the problem is not, just linked to you know why do we don't have women uh, more women starting up or more women in bc why are we not encouraging women in our country to take more risk why are we not telling them it's okay if you fail you'll still we'll still be proud of you so that needs to change to have more women come into the uh, ecosystem i'd say on both sides
0: and are you seeing any signs of change in this
1: I think there is a lot of uh, room for optimism, especially in the venture capital world, right? Uh, There is a difference in the diversity ratio, even within venture capital and private equity. Private equity still is a lot of old guard. When they hire, it's looking for more of the same. Uh, And I'll get a lot of flack from my friends for making that statement. Uh, But I do think on the venture side, right, because we're in the business of imagining the future. So people are a lot more open to newness of any kind and diversity based on gender is one of those things. So I think speaking to founders, that issue of gender comes in a lot less, whereas when you try and fundraise, then, you know, people are not really being comfortable having women fund managers hurts us more. Uh, but I'm also happy to see that's changing in the listed markets side as well, right? Uh, like whether it's Radhika at or all the women who lead banks, et cetera. So when, when we have more women in leadership across the board is when we'll see sort of women aspiring to be in these roles. And um, a lot of the venture funds have been very proactive about bringing in more women associates, analysts, et cetera. So I do think seven years from now or five years from now, we'll have more women in middle management and leadership, which is where the gap truly is today.
0: In fact, I think banking that way has been a very interesting space, right? We've had a lot of senior leadership across all the uh, big private and public sector banks in India having uh, female leadership.
1: That's true. But what a lot of people don't realize is that it came because of, you know, a couple of men in the ICICI system who were forward looking and mentored this group of women who then went on to head four or five different banks. So it's not something that's happening across uh, different banks. But you're right. What that did do was give women like me comfort when I graduated from business school, right back in 2010, that I could look up to someone and say that it's possible to be successful in financial services. I don't have to look necessarily at marketing where, you know, thanks to organizations like HUL, they've always been leaders in uh, women leaders in these ranks. So, yeah, having role models is really, really important.
0: So uh, Aditi, you uh, spent time at uh, Contrarian Trishti Ventures, which is the fund that you uh, were a founding member at, and then, uh, which was a mix of impact and a bit of traditional VC. And now you're working uh, in a pure play impact investing firm. How is uh, impact investing different from traditional VC in your approach? Uh, you know, is it different or is it more or less the same?
1: So um, there is a difference, but I'd say the overall rules of engagement are very similar, meaning that, uh, you know, we still have to hustle to uh, get in on good deals or finding uh, businesses that uh, have a vision for the future that aligns with ours. Uh, Founders that we back are excited about scaling and building big companies and, you know, making a difference for the customers that they uh, Uh, target and, uh, you know, the outlook of what kind of returns we're looking for is also similar. What is different is it's zero or one in terms of, uh, you know, what are the kind of businesses we partner with versus not. So, for example, in the last year, one of the hottest segments in the Indian funding ecosystem has been gaming, right? Because obviously tremendous tailwinds because of COVID. But as an impact investor, that's a segment that we will never play in. We will continue to play in the core sectors of education, healthcare, financial inclusion, food and ag business, Um, you know. But what is very heartening to see is that the uh, worlds are colliding now in a very interesting way, right? So if I look at the last, I'd say seven or eight equity investments that I've led, all of them have been co-investments with somebody or the other from the commercial venture capital or private equity space. Because what we look as Has impact, right? For example, we have an agri tech company called Gramophone based out of Madhya Pradesh. It's e commerce for farmers, right? So we look at it because it's helping bring quality inputs and good agronomy advice for farmers. So tremendous impact. Uh, Whereas for our co investors, uh, who's a commercial uh, venture capitalist, for them it's just about the next bastion of growth, growth for e commerce, right? It's the next 300 million users. So the worlds are overlapping now, which is great because uh, founders of these companies get access to both kinds of network um, and they are able to get to a stage where more commercial capital comes in. So the growth story becomes longer and, you know, more sustainable as well.
0: So you mentioned that, you know, you've led eight to nine equity deals now. Are there any favorites?
1: I'd say um, all of those have been very interesting journeys. Um And if you ask an investor for their favorite investment, it's like asking a parent for the favorite child. There is one, but they can't name it. Um, For me, the most interesting I'd say was when we partnered with Pratilipi back in 2015. Um, And why I say that is because it taught me two very important things. Uh, One was about the kind of founders we wanted to back. Um, So the story is that uh, we uh, wanted to invest in this company, but then a bigger investor came in and wanted to do the entire round. But the founder stood up and said, you know, these guys uh, showed early conviction when there was no brand on the table. So I still want to bring them in. And I know that the other co-founders in the company were skeptical that the deal would fall off, that, you know, we'd piss off the bigger investor. But the CEO stood his ground. And that's one of the most successful companies I've seen till date, right? And that tells me that uh, you truly want to partner with individuals who have the kind of belief systems that mirror or echo your own. And they make for the sort of best partnerships in the long term, right? And the second thing that, again, the best leaders are people who have a tremendous growth mindset. So I would say I've learned as much from that CEO as maybe I think he would have learned lesser from me than I have learned from him in the whole journey. So Ranjit, those are the best kinds of partners.
0: Ranjit is definitely, you know, one of the uh, best people I also know in the startup ecosystem, you know, he's definitely a star. Cool. Yeah, uh, so it's
1: been an absolute sort of being... An early investor there.
0: Cool. Uh, So, yeah, so we are now at the fag end of the discussion. So, we typically ended by doing a small rapid fire questions where, you know, some questions are the same which we ask all uh, our guests. And one or two I'll throw in, especially for you given your uh, background. Uh, So, let's get started. Awesome. Cool.
1: I didn't give my coffee along for your coffee with current equivalent.
0: I think I'll need to find a name for it. Something with others, you know, whatever. <laughs> cool. Uh, AME
1: with others.
0: Yeah. That's, that sounds like a good one. Cool. So uh, the first one is uh, tell us something about venture capital, which outsiders don't know.
1: That it's a hard, hard business to be in. You know, when you're fundraising, fundraising is hard. When you're deploying, finding good investment opportunities is hard. Uh, So, nothing about this is glamorous as it seems.
0: Cool. Tell us one pivotal moment from your life that defines you as the kind of person you are.
1: Okay. So, it's um, a little bit of, uh, I mean, we have to go back in time when I was in school and I uh, went to school in an all-girls, you know, convent. Um, We were in grade 11 and, uh, you know, a bunch of us decided to bunk this exam and uh, as a mark of protest, I don't even remember against what. But uh, the next day after we bumped the exam, we came, came back feeling very, very proud of ourselves. Know, made a statement. Um, and what happened was that the principal called us into her room and she only said one thing to us, but that has stayed with me over these years. She said, you know, being women in this country, you have, you're getting access to education, good education, and you're not valuing that. And that's all she said. And that really, really formed uh, I think it's shaped my life from there on because it tells you that if you don't take your life seriously, nobody will. Um, it tells you that we're very privileged, uh, and we mu- the onus is on us to make the best use of that and to give back to people who are not as privileged. Which is why I've stayed on, uh, you know, on the journey of being an impact investor rather than just being a commercial uh, venture capitalist. So it's really uh, highlighted uh, how privileged I am as a woman in this country to have access to all the opportunities that I've had to look at.
0: In fact, your answer forms the perfect launchpad for my next one, which is the three Indian women that you look up to.
1: Oh, okay. So um, one of them is this um, wonderful woman called Chetna Gala Sina, who runs uh, Mandeshi Bank. She's an absolute pioneer in her space, the number of women that she's, uh, I mean, whose lives she's been able to touch and transform. That's Massively inspirational. Um, the other is a couple of uh, co-found, a uh, co- couple of founders uh, from uh, our portfolio. So uh, one is Pallavi of Cap uh, and the other is uh, Megna of Freddy Watch. And why I admire these two women is because you know they're doing this on their terms. They want to be successful on their terms. They don't want to uh, follow anybody else's trajectory. What that means is that if they have young children, the young children need to fit into the whole plan of you know, having a crib at work or what kind of hours they keep and yet they're phenomenal at what they do. So, uh, you know, not bowing down to somebody else's expectation of how a founder should be. I just admire them tremendously for that. And I really hope they become role models for a lot more women founders. to come.
0: Awesome. So the last one, any message that you would like to give to all the amazing women who are watching us today? I
1: think I'd say two things. Um, One is, as women, we're very prone to self-doubt. So make sure you surround yourself with people who believe in you. uh, Because that is going to be the biggest difference between you being able to relentlessly pursue your dreams or giving up along the way because it just gets too overwhelming. And the second is, never take criticism from anyone you would not take advice from you will find a lot of naysayers along the way and the only ones you need to pay attention to are the ones who you respect for what they've achieved and who you know are invested in your progress.
0: Thanks Aditi, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for joining us for FS Changemakers.
1: Thank you so much Adarsh, This has been super exciting and I look forward to many more episodes from you guys.
0: Thank you.